Adelaide has put out some really cool stuff this has year. Yeah, I know. Really good Don't stuff. Don't you feel proud? No virus and amazing authors. I know. I mean, <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> Three cheers for us. Smashing 2020, even though 2020 is trying to smash us. <laughs> <laughs> To Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Welcome to July. Jane, do you want to tell everyone how excited you are about the <laughs> podcast today? <laughs> we always have to stop ourselves from talking about it. We both read this quite early on as well, and I don't know, 50 times. We're like, shh, shh, stop. <laughs> stop. Don't say shh. Yesterday, Jane said to me, can I just tell you one thing? And I said, no. I thought about it, though. You almost let me. Um, We're really excited about this. Yep. Um, It's called My Friend Anna by Rachel Deloche Williams. Um, I didn't even look up when this came out. Oh, that might have been That's what I usually do. 2019, so it'll be sometime last year. Mm. Yeah. and it's the true story of Anna Delvey, the fake heiress of New York City. And the reason we chose this is because there's some um, an HBO, did we HBO yeah. and Netflix uh, miniseries or little kind of documentary yeah. type things um, coming out in the next little while. And the story was intriguing. Yes, yes. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. We both like a. What's the word? Imposter. Yes. Yes. We both read fake last year and Jane read it first than I did. And yeah. yeah. Which was fabulous and we both loved it. Mm. Um, do you want to read the blurb? Sure. It's not I'll much of a blurb and then I'll read the um, sort of rundown. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, you are here to read about Anna Delvey and I don't blame you. I too found her charming while we were friends. If you'd asked me before I met Anna, I would have told you I was skeptical of strangers. I waited before trusting new people, but I didn't see Anna coming. She slipped through my filters. You read about those characters in books. You see them in movies, but you don't expect to meet one in real life. You don't think it's going to happen to you. (laughs) Jane has just just got this look on her face that she just cannot wait to rip into this book. (laughs) <laughs> but before you do that, um, we wanted to do a little bit of a, you know, this is what happens in the book kind yes. of a spiel. Yep. Um, so I've taken this, um, this is an Achette book and I've taken this from their website. How does it feel to be betrayed by your closest friend? A close friend who turns out to be the most prolific grifter in New York City. This is the true story of Anna Delvey, the fake heiress whose dizzying deceit and elaborate con artistry deceived the Soho hipster scene before her ruse was finally and dramatically exposed. I'm adding tone to this. (laughs) (laughs) After meeting through mutual friends, the Russian heiress Anna Delvey and Rachel Deloche Williams soon became inseparable. Theirs was an intoxicating world of endless success, high dining, personal trainer sessions, a luxury holiday, and Anna footed almost every bill. (laughs) That was the idea anyway. (laughs) That's right. But after Anna's debit card was declined in a Moroccan Medina whilst on holiday in a five-star luxury resort, Rachel began to suspect her increasingly mysterious friend was not all she seemed. 
This is the incredible story of how Anna Sorokin conned the high rollers of the New York social scene and convinced her close friend of an entirely concocted fantasy, the product of falsified bank documents, bad, bad checks and carefully edited online photos. Written by Rachel Deloche Williams, the Vanity Fair photographer, what is she? Photography editor, mm. who believed Anna's lies before helping the police track her down, fittingly deciphering Anna's location using Instagram. <laughs> this is Catch Me If You Can with Instagram filters. <laughs> what a great <laughs> description. <laughs> so that uh. do you think that roughly sums up the outline? Yeah, the outline. I thought that was quite mm. a nice, succinct way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you find out very early on in the book – they start the book starts in Morocco, yep. and the the dramatic um, drama, I guess, of Rachel being stiffed with the bill for this super expensive um, Moroccan hotel was it seventy? It, it's it's thirty thousand um, Moroccan dirham, which apparently is on par with the U.S. dollar. Yeah, um, was the block quote unquote that they said that they wanted to put on Rachel's card when yep. Anna's was supposedly, you know, declined or yeah. she couldn't use it. Yeah, while she was trying to get onto her bank to f- sort it out, the German bank or wherever it was. That's right, and she tells Anna, you know, just it's just a block. We're just uh, well, and the the resort tells her as mm. well. It's just a block. Mm. Um, that we won't actually, we won't actually put it on there. Which you know, hotels tell you that all the time when you check yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put like it's not even a deposit. It's kind of just a, a hold on. Yeah, right. But I guess they have to determine that that amount can be that's right held. That's right. Yeah, and so then when they go somewhere else mm-hmm. and. Uh, again, Anna can't pay um, yeah. in Morocco, and she tries to put the smaller amount through. It's declined, yeah. and when she rings up the credit card company, they said it's because this thirty thousand dollar charge has been mm. put on your card, and she yeah. starts to freak out. Rachel starts to freak out. Yeah, and then the rest ensues. Kind yeah, of thing, yeah, and then it? yeah, it sort of ends there. Yeah, but, well, she manages to convince the credit card company that it's not actually that it's just you know been held, mm. and then. And they do put that other charge through, but then it goes yeah. back in time to yeah. basically Rachel's life. Yeah, from childhood mm. um, through to when she meets and how she meets Anna and then um, how she tries to, you know, get her money back and slowly it unfolds that um, Anna's not who she says she is. Mm. And um, she tries to piece together who she is and what she's done and is she going to get her money back and, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and it goes right through to um, the end where she is charged. And there is a little asterisk here that says, Anna stood stood a high-profile trial in New York that's been followed voraciously by the media. She was found guilty of theft of services and grand larceny facing up to 15 years in prison. Trial ended on 25th of April this year. And right. it's worth noting that the charges um, – against Anna from Rachel right. were dropped. Right. She wasn't found guilty of um, fraudulently getting this $70,000 out of Rachel. Oh, I didn't realise that part. Yeah. Oh. She was found guilty um, um, of all the whole hotel charges. So she would stay. So she lived in hotels in New York City in these really expensive boutique hotels and so she's Anna's staying or living in these hotels months at a time and then just 
doesn't pay. Right. And so that's what she gets found guilty of in the end. Right. Yeah. I have read so many articles, Paula, about this. (laughs) (laughs) You did the deep dive after you read this book because you read it earlier as Mm. well. Yeah. I read this in March. Right. April. It's right around the trial time. So it must have been April that I read it. Okay. And then I read a billion articles, which we will link some of these. Yes. Because you want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other storyline that we're missing before we can... Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. yeah um, Rachel ends up working with the FBI. Is it the FBI? Oh, my God. <laughs> That whole bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, works with the FBI to mm. um, to mm. help them track Anna down and to eventually arrest her. That's right. In a in, in a kind of a, a sting. Yes. <laughs> in California, right? So she meets, pretends that she's going to meet Anna for lunch or something in California because she's at like a um. I mean, I don't even know how oh, these yeah, people she's at get like across the country. So she's she's wanted. She's there's a warrant out for her arrest, but Anna kind of disappears, and then she finds. Doesn't Rachel. she go to like a, a, a rehab? Yes, because there's some kind of protection there. Yeah, from, in for like her. Malibu or something right, like that. That yeah. they can't arrest her when she's mm. in this mm. facility. Yeah. So they get Anna, who hasn't like really been speaking to her and definitely yeah. hasn't been seeing her mm. in months and months because yeah. of all this money that she owes Rachel, um, that Anna owes Rachel. But yeah, she manages to convince um, Anna that she's okay with having lunch with her. Yeah. 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 Let's put it behind us and mm. let's have lunch and then tricks her and then Anna meets her there and then she's arrested. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do so you want to start? Where do we start? Um, I wrote here, people are scathing in reviews mm. of this book and yes. not of Anna. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. There's this whole um, movement almost around surrounding this, you know, that's a separate to the book really, that um, there's a feeling of a bit of... Um, Sucked in, yeah. To you know, it's it's high flyers and very affluent people and um, very um, profitable businesses that have been ripped off here. It's not, you know, small businesses and home down people and yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's a feeling of you know down with the man, sucked in. Yep. Go Anna. Mm, yeah, very thing. much a go Anna. Yeah. Kind so of. there's this free Anna kind of movement happening um which is really interesting yeah and also the fact that she still apparently has her instagram account and didn't Mm. she post something even though she's in jail the other day and people went nuts i mean how (laughs) yeah yes i read about that too Mm. um and people have t-shirts free anna t-shirts and the trial itself turned into a bit of a fashion show because she had a stylist and she was wearing, you know, Michael Kors dress and all this fancy stuff um, and having emotional breakdowns about what she was going to wear because her shirt was creased and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just all of that. And people are obsessed with it. Mm. It's really captured people. Yeah. And it's not – I don't mean to sound flippant, but the total charges – 
or the total amount is something like 250,000 US dollars. So we're not talking millions of dollars or anything on the scale of what corporate America or corporations Mm. around the world, you know, stiff the whole rest of the community with. (laughs) Yeah, that's, (laughs) you know. Yeah, that's so true. So, and she's got, what is it, four to 12 years in on Rikers. Oh, it's on Rikers. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, like proper jail. Wow, it's <laughs> hard to imagine somebody who's had this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Although I've I guess she hasn't always had this lifestyle. So well, I read. Run. I didn't actually end up reading the whole article, but the title was something like um, "Anna's enjoying jail," or "Anna said jail's not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> so she's probably got all sorts of little minions working for her yeah, in there, and is able knows. to convince people to give her phones and yeah. Negotiate for yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really captured a lot of people's um, imagination and curiosity. Mm. And um, the two, the Netflix and the HBO series or mini, are they mini series? I don't even know. I, I assumed that the Netflix one was, well, yeah, I guess I shouldn't assume. I'm not sure. Yeah. There didn't seem to be a lot of information about it. But it's got, they've both got some really big names attached. Definitely. To both of them. Um, I think we said last time that um, uh, Julia Garner is going to play Anna in the Netflix Mm. Um, one that Shonda Rhimes is doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know who is in the other one. Neither I just I. know that um, Lena Dunham is producing it. I mean... For HBO. Nothing will stop me from watching both of those. I can't wait. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, this book annoyed me so intensely. Okay, <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> Tell me the first thing. I just, Rachel paints herself as a very um, um, innocent, from a humble beginnings, country girl. You know, she's so kind and she's so trusting and she was brought up with manners and she's brought up properly and I'm doing the thing. (laughs) She was brought up well, Mm. you know, and the whole thing just reeks so much privilege and I don't feel sorry for her very much I feel sad I feel I feel empathy that she was very stressed clearly about owing this much money and what it would mean for her and financial stress is nothing to be flippant about but I just think oh come on like she's still traipsing all over the country she's still holidaying at her family's holiday house Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was difficult to, I guess it wasn't, I wasn't trying to decide whether I felt empathy for her Mm. or not. I was more just kind of, my my overwhelming feeling was of incredulity that this person, that first of all, that Rachel, Mm. um, sorry, that Anna could pull this off. Yeah. Um, and she pulled it off by, like, she would sort of borrow from Peter mm, to pay Paul is yeah. kind of the really simplistic version of how yeah. she managed to do this with credit cards. She would get credit from one and use it yeah. to pay off another. And yeah, um, yeah that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yes, secondly, that Rachel could just continually, um, you Ignore know. Ignore the red flags. The red flags, yeah. Like, every single thing is a red flag. Yeah, and at the same time, eating up all this really... Um, privileged luxurious oh totally um lifestyle yeah so basically she went on this 
Moroccan holiday. This is that's kind of the end. When did the Moroccan holiday? Before the Moroccan holiday, there's you know fancy spa treatments and massages and very expensive meals and, and personal trainer sessions yeah. with just the two of them. Yeah, and that were like four hundred dollars a session and just crazy stuff like yeah, that. Like and she picked up the tab for every single thing. I mean, what person in their right mind is okay with that? Mm. Yeah, and um, when they were getting ready to go on this Moroccan trip, this is the thing she said a few times that Anna, oh, she was so ditzy and, and yeah. airy-fairy that she would leave all the um, arrangements to the last minute so that Rachel would just end up doing it mm. for her and paying yeah. for so she paid, the tickets. paid for all the flights. And that's the thing too. I mean, not even to recognise that she's got a level of privilege that she can even afford to foot the bill for four four first class flights to Morocco. To begin with. To begin with. Mm -hmm. And then to actually be able to cover a $30,000 charge on your credit card. Yeah. Not many people can do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. For it not to like totally bankrupt you immediately. Right. Yeah. I guess I felt, yeah, it... I, in a way, I felt sorry for her. In a way, I felt mm. like, w- why? Why are you so gullible yeah. and naive? Right. But people are, I guess. I guess so. It's, I, I guess I, w- I was reading it thinking it's easy to read this knowing what we know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, who knows what we would do in her place, mm. not knowing anything. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess she saw her, like, book a helicopter flight. Was it a helicopter flight? There was some really expensive thing yeah. that she saw her just do Yeah. that seem to indicate well you know obviously she does have lots of money because mm. look she's living in these luxurious hotels yeah. and booking these um private helicopter yeah. flights um but it's one thing to to assume someone who's behaving like that and booking things and buying things and and lives in this world of um luxury i guess yeah. it's one thing to believe that but then to involve yourself and let them pay for things and it just I don't know yeah and I guess the other thing was that in the book she was continually sort of critical of Anna yes and constantly like putting herself like oh I would never do that but that was just Anna yeah I wasn't brought up like that oh cringe yeah but then why (laughs) are you pretending obviously you're just pretending to be her friend then in order to go along for the ride that that was one of my questions too like why it didn't seem like she even liked her. Mm. And it didn't seem like Anna particularly liked Rachel either. No. They were just, yeah, what was the deal with their relationship? She abandoned, it sounded like she abandoned all her normal friendships and just was hyper focused on being with Anna all the time. It mm. was strange. Mm. It was strange. Oh. Yeah, I didn't like how she was so disparaging of everything Anna said and did, and she's rude and she's, and she sounded, I don't think she's um, wrong about that. Like Anna does sound horrible. Yeah. But why would you be friends with her? Right. Yeah. It's like one or the other. Like yeah. either she's a horrible person and then you don't be friends with her or, you know, you're hanging out and doing all the luxurious stuff and then like don't complain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's the that was part of the judgment was pretty much, well, you did benefit from going on that holiday. You didn't um, – you were – there in Morocco, you ex- you use those services. 
Absolutely. Now I you're thought, paying for it. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. It's difficult, isn't it? Like, you know, she would never have done it if, if Anna hadn't said to her, it's fine, I'm going to pay for yeah. everything. Yeah. But then from the credit card company's perspective, mm. it's you like, signed, like... She signed the thing. Yeah, you stayed there. Like you said, you used the services. Mm. You signed. Yeah, this was the thing I, I've written here. <laughs> she, she says... When the when she agrees to use her credit card mm. to put this hold for the hotel, mm. um, and the and the staff member says it's just a block, it's we're just holding it, but then he brings her a piece of paper yes. that looks like a receipt. It says thirty thousand MAD, which is the Moroccan um, dollar, um, and then she says, in big capital letters, it says, well. I don't know how I can say it. Well, it's pre-autorisation, I guess is how you'd say it, because she says it was French, a language I had studied, but in this context, the word's meaning eluded me. And I thought that is like, the same word as pre-authorization, except yeah. for without the H in it. Yeah. And you've studied French. Yeah, and it's a receipt <laughs> and it's got money. Like use your contextual understanding in life to yeah. put two and two together. <laughs> she, I mean, she studied in France. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I was annoyed yeah, with that. Yeah, I think, and it just, it felt like she learned nothing. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed people were saying that she seems really unself-aware. Yes, um, like, un, you know, and and I don't, again, I don't want to sound um, disparaging about her um stress and the trauma of all of this and of course that would be upsetting but my god like there was just pages and pages of calling amex to say you know have you waived those charges yet yeah, or pages of that and pages of crying and then interspersed with oh and then i went and spent you know a week in south carolina <laughs> with my family at my our summer house <laughs> and then i went to a wedding in california and i'm like well <laughs> Are you destitute? <laughs> I don't think so. I said, yeah, there were two things I found, um, even though I very much enjoyed the story, there were yeah. two things I found yeah. um, that were repetitive mm -hmm. um, and lagging. One was what you just said. Yeah. And the other was that confrontation that oh. they had towards <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. I reread that last night. Oh, did you? How could you? It was excruciating. <laughs> it just went on and on. I and think my eyeballs actually rolled out of my head. Oh. I would just... Yeah, so what happens is Anna, <laughs> Rachel decides that they're going to have this like kind of intervention, mm. I would say, with Anna, with one of two two of their other friends. One of them, I didn't really understand why she was even involved. That Beth because, one. Yeah, that Beth. Beth lady. I don't know where I, she's from. I didn't understand Me her either. inclusion in this mm. um <laughs> in this get-together. But yeah, they just kind of went on and on about... Uh, you know, can't you get the money from your family? Yeah, and but why can't you get the money like, from your family? It's like, uh, and seriously? these are women in their thirties and forties. Yes, with high-profile jobs and in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> these are fancy people that should know stuff about life, <laughs> and they're sitting around, sound like still, a bunch of teenagers, and also still clinging on to this idea that she's got this royal sort of background, and she's you know gonna be able to bail them out yet like of course she can't it's so <laughs> obvious the whole entire way through mm. that she's not legit yeah oh, it's 
You know, um, you've probably come across this um, in your deep dives of mm-hmm. things, but what wasn't in this book that um, I think I've learned from a podcast, which I found quite interesting, was how um, close she got to borrowing the money. Because the whole time mm-hmm. that th- this is going on, Anna's story is that she's going to start this sort of exclusive, what would you call it, like a club? Yeah, I think it was based on the Soho Club. Which is, um, you know, just a club for, a, you know, a paid membership club. It's got a bar and yeah. exclusive restaurants and spaces and right activities and like a country club, but in the city and no golf. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this is our little Adelaide understanding of what what Anna was trying to do, and she was trying to secure this location, and she was trying mm. to secure. I can't remember even how much the oh, loan like was for. $30 million, just, dollars yeah, like a lot of money. Some yeah. astronomical amount of money. And what I found interesting was that she came very close yeah. to doing it. Mm. And I wonder what would have happened yeah. uh, if she had. Yeah, I agree. And it, it goes to show how much um, a, f- a front and a facade of wealth and um, what's the word? Image? Yeah, if you put up this good front that you get a really long way with these people. Like, you know, is everybody like this? (laughs) Yeah. Or is this just entrepreneurial? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know? it's yeah, that's <laughs> right. I mean, I, one of the things I um, put in my notes was that the con in mm. con man stands for confidence. Does it? Yeah. And so, oh. y- and you can see it. I mean, that's the main ingredient, yeah. I feel like, in yeah. all these stories about imposters, yeah. is that if you tell somebody something with enough yeah. confidence, yeah. people it's, will buy yeah. it. It's the epitome of fake it till you make it. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I have the opposite problem. <laughs> Even when I know things to be true, I don't say them with enough confidence. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, if you look like you belong, then you belong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was interesting too, how she got away with trying to look like she belonged when she didn't really yeah. have any money. Like she just yeah. used to wear sort of really simple black clothing all the yeah. time and then she would have one piece, like a really expensive bag. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was how she sort of faked her yeah. way into these um, yeah. settings. I read some articles or I think they're even just tweets maybe um, saying, people saying, oh, I knew she was fake because her hair was atrocious you know so there was a few little tells according to you know actual fancy people <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't know yeah i i'd, I'd uh, heard that in the podcast too that like having a really expensive haircut is a thing that you can't, can't fake. fake yeah <laughs> um one thing i wanted to mention which is a bit of a um running sort of theme i guess um through the last half of the book is how much rachel helps the police and the DA with their uh, investigations. Right. What did you think about that? <laughs> I guess I just thought she wanted her money back and this was how she mm. thought she was going to do it. But do you think it was more like <laughs> sticking it to her after I Anna stuck it, it to her? <laughs> and <laughs> I've even written this. Coat. I'm going to show you my... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Capital letters <laughs> highlighted. As if... <laughs> They needed her specific help. Like oh. She goes into a lot of detail about how I created folders and I screenshotted this and, you know, I screenshotted um, 
you know, Instagram pages and Facebook updates and tweets and, you know, saved them and I sent them to the DA's <laughs> office. And there's even one where Anna um, must have posted a new Instagram photo. Oh, I quickly screenshotted <laughs> it and sent it right away to the police. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As if they needed her to do that. I Yeah, I guess. I mean, if anyone knows and if anyone knows if that was – actually helpful I'd love to be corrected but <laughs> see maybe that's why I'm um, a, bit, a bit hesitant to be that scathing of Rachel because I am that gullible <laughs> and I thought oh yeah okay she's just helping them along she's helpful <laughs> oh I just oh it's great oh, like when right. especially when she kept sent like it's one thing to, you know to give your statement in detail and then give them everything you've got and right. everything you know but to continually be like you know sending the thing like surely. maybe she was having a bit of fun being like detective i think she might have been <laughs> right now i did um have and i've highlighted this bit um as scathing as i have been i still really enjoyed reading this right. book and i love the drama of it all yes but wouldn't this have been a much more interesting book if it was a bit more of an investigative piece? Yes. If it was more details on Anna, Anna's motivations, Anna's history, you know, she could have incorporated interviews with Anna after she'd been incarcerated or uh, got some insider information, used her history with Anna to sort of really delve into it. Yeah, I guess that's what... I mean, she's not an investigative journalist, and no. so this is what we've ended <laughs> yeah. up with. But yes, yeah. I agree that would have been would have been intriguing, more of a you know assessment on the mind of someone who could do this and how. And because the interesting bit was at the end where they talk about exactly what she'd done, right, and how she got away with it. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely that would have been the better book. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's why you did all your deep diving afterward because yeah. you were like, well, wait a second. Like, well, yeah. I, wanna, I need to know more about this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I said in the end, I liked this book. And I guess this is what you're saying. Mm. I liked this book because of the incredible story and the disbelief that this one woman with mm. nothing could yeah. pull this off. But yeah, not necessarily because of the writing or the writer. Oh, it was maybe, it was totally. probably in spite of. <laughs> oh, sorry. Now sorry. He's yeah, I know that. <laughs> sorry. Um, and I can't wait. I'm 100% going to be watching everything that comes out. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing that I thought was interesting to ponder is mm -hmm. do you think Anna was is just a grifter and her motivation is to con people mm -hmm. or do you think that she really thought that she could create this um sort of exclusive club and like make a go of it and mm. um and like like i said she got really close to it mm. um and then she would have been living the life that well, she wanted i mean that's a really good question it's hard to answer because we know so little about her and there's so little in the book about about her and her motivations and her as a person. It's, you know, um, Rachel talks a lot about her actions and how, you know, her actions are of that of someone who's not mentally well and, you know, all these sorts of things she says. Um, I don't know. I don't mm. know the answer to that. And I, I mean, she shows so little empathy um, 
towards anyone. Yeah, she does seem like a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It, it, she seems very cold and mm. um, rude and not understanding of anything normal with a relationship. Yeah, I guess. So I don't. I, I don't even get a sense of whether she meant it or not or if it all just got away from her and turned into a big mess. I don't know. Yeah. What it, do you think? Well, yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, but, yeah, it definitely seems like she's uh, got narcissistic personality disorder. Mm. Um, after we read this book, Jane suggested to me that um, – uh, no, Jane asked me if I'd ever seen the Netflix documentary Fire Festival, the biggest party that never happened, I think, something like that. Yeah. And I said no, and I went off and I <laughs> watched it. And yeah, there are just a lot of similarities. Again, somebody trying to pull off this big exclusive, in this case it was a concert mm-hmm. on this island that he said he owned or yeah. he was going to buy or something. Yeah, And basically set up all these, got these models to go out there and uh, big Instagram models. Yes, like, uh, influencers. Yeah. Influencers, sorry. That's yes. right, yeah. <laughs> well, they were also models, but yeah, influencers, as they say. And um, take all these beautiful mm. pictures and basically... Create a massive amount of hype. Yes. And these are were t- tickets to get there, you know, like $100,000, you know, to get, you know, a mid-range little eco-hut thing with beautiful food and... You know, you're going to be surrounded by gorgeous women and music and... And the beach and tropical. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And it all looked beautiful. Yeah. You got like all these, the top photographers and 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 everybody to do this. Mm. And then with no actual ability to um, provide the infrastructure that was necessary for any of it, really. Yeah. yeah. And like right up to the day before the concert or even right when everyone started arriving yeah there was none of there was nothing next to nothing (laughs) there oh it's so good it's (laughs) it was again fascinating that somebody and again it was the confidence he just uh, yeah yeah. talked the talk Mm. and um swindled people out of everything and got them to agree to all of these and commit to all of these things i thought couldn't deliver at all like not even not even a little bit deliver. Yeah, and oh, yeah, there was so much in that that, um, yeah, yeah, it's worth a watch. And I think you know, if Anna was successful with getting her club together, mm. I wonder if it would have been like Fire Festival. You know, today's the big opening, and here it is, and it's just a nothing. But if she had a secured that loan that she nearly secured, maybe there wouldn't have been nothing because she would have had the money to pay for. But she might have just spent it on sunglasses yes. and this is personal true. training. This is true because at one point she did get some money through, again, that yeah. whole Peter and Paul thing. And, yeah, instead of, you know, paying for hotel rooms for a little yeah. while, she yeah, she just blew it all on crap that then she would give away to people. Yeah, yeah. strange. It's very strange. Fabulous, though. <laughs> I just, it was, yeah. Yep. A guilty pleasure it was a a bit of a guilty pleasure (laughs) of a book yeah and there'll be guilty pleasure watchings too so much (laughs) now i've only read one other thing this month right and i've read two oh fancy Mm. (laughs) so shall i talk about one then yeah okay so i read a book that we keep seeing in the library 
Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Um, and this book got passed around um, in the library staff room. And the majority of us really liked it. It's set in a small town in North Carolina, and it starts with the unsolved murder of a very popular boy in this small town in 1969. And then it goes back in time to the early 50s, um, and it's um, about the life of a little girl called Kaya Clark, who lives basically in a shack with no running water or electricity. And her... At first, she's there with her mother and father, and she's got about four siblings. But because her father is an abusive alcoholic, he eventually drives first the siblings, then her mother, and then her closest brother away until there's nobody except for her and her father. And she's about seven years old, and she's trying to kind of lay low and not attract his attention and abuse while at the same time trying to live and eat and stay warm. Um, it is, it just evokes so much sympathy for this little girl who is, you know, just, uh, just by her own ingenuity able to survive. Um, and it's got beautiful uh, descriptions of the marsh where she lives. It's This is a debut novel, um, but the author is older, and she um, in the past studied biology and zoology and has done nature writing. And I think that is one of the highlights of this book, is just the beautiful descriptions of where she lives. Um, I loved the first half. I would say I liked the second half. I mean, this is a murder mystery, Um and uh, I don't want to, you know, give away too many spoilers. But um, anyway, almost all of us unanimously liked this book. Uh, so it wasn't perfect. There were some technical issues in there, again, that bothered me, like about um, point of view and stuff like that. But anyway, it's, it's a good story and I would recommend it. This book's on lots of lists and it is. We've been seeing it everywhere. Yeah, lots of people have included it in one of their like best mm. books of of twenty twenty so far. Yeah, was mm. this a Reese Witherspoon book? As I well? think it was. I think, I think that's was. a lot yeah. to do with it. And oh, one of the things though that people, one of the, <laughs> the topics of conversation is what is a crawdad? Yeah, um, what is the crawdad? Yeah, so it's an um, it's American slang for crayfish, a oh. freshwater crustacean related to the lobster. So I thought. Is it a yabby? And then I get all confused because I wouldn't say crawdad or crayfish. I would say lobster, but then lobster lives in salt water and yeah. I get all confused about what's what. But anyway, s- people sometimes think it's a bird and it's not. It's, mm. it's uh, yeah, lobster. it lives in the water. Freshwater lobster then I thought, type thing. How can you hear them sing then? <laughs> and Maybe so then I looked that up. And in her words, the title Where the Crawdads Sing was taken from a phrase Owen's mother used to encourage her tomboy of a daughter to take to the woods around their rural Georgia home and listen to what those woods had to say. She said, I learned from a book that crawdads don't really sing, but I learned from my mother that if you go far enough into the wilderness by yourself and there's nothing but you in nature, you will hear the crawdads Aww. sing. So yeah, it sort of means Quite out sweet. there in the marsh. Aww, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's a lovely book. Um my book that I read was the opposite of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's called Wow. No, thank you. <laughs> I know you just love saying that I title. 
<laughs> you have to say it with an eye roll. <laughs> it's um, a series of essays by Samantha Irby. Um, this is her third book. She's always also written Meaty and We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. That's the other one. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that like a catfish story? No. Oh, so okay. they're all um, oh, books of essays. Oh, essays, right. Um, so I have been hanging out for this book for ages. It's only only came out um, last month. Um, and I had it on pre-order and I purely 100% bought it because of the title and the cover and it sounded interesting and fun. And <laughs> oh, I love it's got a I, little rabbit. Yeah. I love books um, of essays and, you know, if you like sort of David Sedaris type stuff, right. it's kind of probably in that realm, but it's probably a bit grosser and a bit more brutally honest. Oh, it sounds good. Is yeah. it funny? It's funny. Um she writes about anxiety. She writes about having Crohn's disease. She writes about working um, on screenplays in Hollywood. Um, she also writes it's American. American, yeah. She writes about being a woman of colour in a same-sex marriage and moving to a red county in rural Michigan. Yikes. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so she talks a lot about, about that. Um, and she talked a lot about turning 40 as well, mm. which, as you know, I'm going to be turning 40 <laughs> soon and so I can relate to that. So <laughs> it's um, honest and smart and funny writing. Um, I found it highly relatable. I loved the cultural references because she's the same age as me. You know, they all meant something to me. Mm. She writes a great chapter about um, her ideal playlist with a little paragraph about each song about you know, what it meant to her or why it makes the list or something that happened in her life when she was listening to it. Um, and I recognised so many of those songs and they meant something to me as well. So one of the criticisms, uh, it's not really criticism, but um, some of the reviewers of this book didn't enjoy it as much because um, the cultural references were kind of outside their sphere of reference. Okay. If you don't enjoy reading outside of your sort of generational reference then this won't be for you but if you don't mind that then and you can look past some of that it's really funny she's been um praised for her honest take of something like chronic uh, not chronic um Crohn's disease um and anxiety and mental health and being really upfront about that so I yeah I really like I read it in two days it was good oh that does sound good yeah so the other book that I read was The Things She Owned by Catherine Tamiko Argyle. Um, now, Catherine was one of our guests for our Library Through the Lens um, series. So, And that was a webinar that's been recorded. And so you can, if you're interested in this, you can watch um, <coughs> Catherine and listen to Catherine talk about her motivations and, and about writing this book. So this is the story of Erica, who lives in London as a chef, and she's visited by her Japanese cousin Kay, who is ostensibly there to find out why, um, what Erica has done about her mother's remains, because her mother's died and been cremated. Um, in keeping with Japanese custom. And Erica hasn't been able to deal with her mother's death, um, and therefore her remains are still sitting in her home. And so it's she's kind of forced by her cousin's uh, uh, visit to start to face these things. And each chapter starts with a little bit of prose, a little picture and a little bit of prose about different items that Erica 
um, has of her mother's and it's through these items that their story emerges and it's this complicated relation mother-daughter relationship that is complicated by um, Michiko that's the mother um, growing up in post-war um, post-world war ii Tokyo um, and the 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 starvation and all sorts of other horrible things that she's had to deal with um, that makes her a very um, cold and um, most times uncaring mother. But the way that mother and daughter are able to connect is through the preparation and eating of food. Um, this I really sunk into this. The writing is beautiful. It made me hungry <laughs> because of all the food descriptions, which I loved. Um, and it really made me want to visit Okinawa, which is a place that I had wanted to, my sister and I talked about visiting at one point. Obviously, we're not going anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Erica discovers that she, she has a connection with Okinawa, which is one of the southern islands of Japan that um, has been occupied by American military since the Second World War. Um, this is not a book for people who like everything to be tied up at the end. It left me with some questions, um, but ultimately, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So I would say listen to the webinar. I'll put a link to it in the show notes um, so you can hear Catherine talk about it. Catherine um, is also half Japanese, um, grew up in Tokyo, lived in London, but she is now in Adelaide. So she's an Adelaide author. Adelaide has put out some really cool stuff this year. I know. Really good stuff. Don't you feel proud? No virus and amazing authors. I know. I mean, (laughs) what more could you want? (laughs) <laughs> Three cheers for us. Smashing 2020, even though 2020 is trying to smash us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I've only got two um, upcoming titles that I wanted to just very quickly mention. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Any newsy things? I do have newsy things. Which do you want to do first? Um, let's do news first. Okay. Um, so... If you can stomach it, there are two more Trump books coming out very soon. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm probably not telling you anything new. I mean, gosh. Isn't there two books a month coming out uh, about Trump? (laughs) It does seem like that. Um, But this one, well, one is called The Room Where It Happened by John Bolton. Um, And so this is another White House memoir by yet another person who Trump's Mm. fired. Yeah. just I thought it would be fun to give you a little list of a few of the things that he says Trump has said and done. Oh God. Go he on then. asked the Chinese president for help to win re-election. He said invading Venezuela would be cool. <laughs> he asked if Finland was part of Russia. And he made giving North Korean leader Kim Jong-un a copy of Elton John's Rocket Man on CD a high priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure there's lots more in this book. And of course, Trump has tried to block mm-hmm. um, John Bolton from publishing this book. And as far as I know, has so far been unsuccessful. So mm-hmm. this book um, will be out. Can you imagine the lawyers going through this book before publication? <laughs> Which it's happens with every... Se- like Lawyers go through every book before it's published. But can you imagine... The fact checking, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was happen. it was happening during the imp- impeachment process, mm. and there is something about this book in the impeachment. Like I think, for some reason, John Bolton couldn't 
participate in the impeachment trial. I didn't really understand mm. why and I didn't want to get into the big political yeah. American political thing. But yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Now the next one, I know which one you're going to talk about. This yeah. will be actually probably interesting. This will be one that I might actually read. Yeah. Um, it's called Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man by Mary Trump. So yeah, I just, that's a very compelling mm. title. Um, Mary Trump is Donald Trump's niece. And um, this is said to be a revelatory, authoritative pro portrait of Donald J. Trump and the toxic family that made him mm. um, and by someone who would know because she's on the inside. And not only that, but she is also a clinical psychologist. So they're saying she's got the education, insight and intimate fam familiar familiarity needed to reveal what makes Donald and the rest of her clan tick. So, yeah, that sounds, sounds yeah really um fascinating to me again trump has of course tried to mm -hmm. block this book from being published isn't he suing her uh, maybe this? because she in the past signed a non-disclosure mm. agreement based off of another uh litigation that they had around his father's um estate, estate. yeah 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 so because of that she had to yeah sign a non-disclosure agreement which he says this book violates mm. um the other thing, completely uh, not anything to do with Trump and um, new books, but I thought was really interesting, was um, two of the five emerging critics hired by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age earlier this year, thanks to a grant from the Copyright Agency and the Judith Nelson Institute for Journalism and Ideas, resigned from their roles because they said um, that the 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 group of critics lacked the diversity. And what they said is this this selection, so meaning the five critics, fails to reflect Australia's diverse literary community and is a missed opportunity to support non-white voices in art criticism in Australia. And just, I thought that was, we've talked um, mm. on and off on this yeah. podcast about um, diversity, about hearing from... Yeah. Um, Representation in the yes, industry. Yeah, that's right. I think that's... Great. And mm. I think that it's long been a criticism of the entire publishing industry that the people who are making a lot of the decisions, the reviewers, the publishers themselves, um, the editors, the, you know, buyers are predominantly white and um, the lack of diversity therefore narrows what's being put out that's for right. us. So um, I think that's great. Yeah, I think this is really important. So hopefully yeah. they'll get to... Um, new critics with a diverse background yeah. and we can yeah hear from hear from different people with different um life experiences life experiences yeah. thank you it's that's great. those are the words i wanted <laughs> sorry to speak no that was <laughs> what i wanted <laughs> I was um two books coming out this month um kevin kwan who wrote um crazy rich asians which was a massive success. Did you see that movie? Yes, I did. Oh, it's one of my favourite movies. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, I didn't read it though, but he's got a book coming out at the beginning um, of this month called Sex and Vanity. Um, and it's the first novel in a series, a new um, trilogy called Cities Trilogy. So I don't know much more about it other than it's um, a glittering tale of young of a young woman who finds herself torn between two men. Um, so keep your eye out for that one. The other one's a little bit different. It's called Death by Shakespeare. It's a non-fiction book um, by Catherine Harker. Um, 
William Shakespeare found dozens of different ways to kill off his characters, but how realistic are these deaths and did Shakespeare have the knowledge to back them up? Uh-huh. So it's a little bit of an investigation into um, – and I don't know Catherine's background, but it says discerning scientific eye. So she must have a background in science um, to the varied and creative ways his characters die. Was death by snake bite as serene as Shakespeare made it out? Could a lack of sleep actually killed Lady Macbeth? Can you really murder someone by pouring, pouring poison in their ear? Death by Shakespeare will tell you all this and more in a roller coaster of Elizabethan carnage, poison, swordplay, and bloodshed. <laughs> With an occasional death by bear mauling for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great premise for yeah, a book. I thought that sounded really interesting. So, And just to sort of reignite your interest in Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so, a really contemporary look at it. Yeah, so that'll be, it's got a scientific lens across some of that. So it sa- that sounded really cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you want to tell us about our book for next month? Yes, I would love to. So our book for August, yes, for August, (laughs) is the winner of the 2019 Miles Franklin Award and also the 2019 Stella Prize, Too Much Lip by Melissa Lukashenko. Yay. Yay. I'm really looking forward to this. So from the back of the book, Too Much Lip, her old problem from way back, and the older she got, the harder it seemed to get to swallow her opinions. The avalanche of bullshit in the world would drown her if she let it. The least she could do was raise her voice in anger. Wisecracking Carrie Salter has spent a lifetime avoiding two things, her hometown and prison. But now her pop is dying and she's an inch away from the lockup, so she heads south on a stolen Harley. Carrie plans to spend 24 hours tops over the border. She quickly discovers, though, that Bunjalung country has a funny way of grabbing onto people. Old family wounds open as the the Salters fight to stop the development of their beloved river and the unexpected arrival on the scene of a good-looking Dugai fella intent on loving her up only adds more trouble. But then trouble is Carrie's middle name. Gritty and darkly hilarious, too much lip offers redemption and forgiveness where none seems possible. Sounds like so much fun. It does sound like so much fun. Oh, it was also shortlisted for the Victorian Premier's Literary Awards, shortlisted for the NS, the New South Wales Premier's Literary Awards. I mean, it's just got heaps of... The whole back cover is it's covered just, in those award sticker things. Yeah. It was nice to be able to choose the Miles Franklin winner. Yes. I think it's cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So there's lots of copies. We know that for a fact because we bought them ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the collection, so um, reserve them. Yep. Read them. (laughs) Or read it. (laughs) Thanks, Paula. See you, Jane. somebody faint was it a famous gangster owned oh, was it capone yeah. or no it wasn't him it was yeah, somebody colombian um drug lord yeah oh, yeah what's his name? i can only think of fidel castro and that's not <laughs> him either <laughs> <laughs> cuban dictator <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs>
We're totally butchering this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that again. Okay. Sorry. You okay. start. Okay. Do you want this? Um, it doesn't say no. anything. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, how do we start this thing again? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the right to, Welcome to blah, 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 blah. Why don't you do it today? No way. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to talk you into it. No. If you want 100,000 outtakes. <laughs> I do. I would <laughs> stick them all in the end. 